Well, last week was a radical chapter. We got into the book of Revelation chapter 8. We talked about the fifth trumpet, the locust from the bottomless pit. And my voice is going out, so pray for me. <laughs> but the, the chapter 9 was the fifth angel, how he, how he sounded. Uh, the angel sounded, the, uh, the fifth angel sounded. And a, the star fell from the heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now... We talked about the bottomless pit and, and how, you know, he opened the bottomless pit. He had the key and the smoke of great furnace was there and the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke from the pit. And then out of the smoke, um, locusts came out of the earth and to them was given power as the scorpions on the earth have power and they were commanded, uh, you know, not to harm the grass or the earth or any green thing or any green tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God. God sealed, <clears throat> excuse me, God sealed a uh, 144,000 Hebrews. And uh, these are the chosen Israel. It's radical because, you know, some people believe that the replacement theology is the way to believe, but it's not. It's actually bad. Because God has a radical plan for Israel and uh, the Jewish people. It's the radical, radical plan that Jesus Christ is going to bless Israel. Because Israel is a blessing. Beautiful Jewish state. And uh, we will see the 144 move about the earth with special uh, powers that nobody will be able to harm them. We talked about that last week. And how... The non-believers on the earth will be tortured for five months by these, uh, uh, they will desire to die and they will say, God, we want to die though. They're going to flee and, and they're going to want to be, you know, because it's so scary and crazy. But this is not going to happen, believers, until, you know, we won't be here because the rapture is going to happen. We talked about that in Revelation chapter four, one, two, three, and four. And when John saw the door open. But what's radical is we see this, then the sixth angel sounded and, and we went on and talked about the golden altar, which is before God. And we talked about the chariots, the, 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 the tails on these scorpions and, and how they, they're going to sting. And, 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 and there was power was to hurt men for five months. And these men were wicked. I mean, not, I mean, these were the people left on the earth who don't want to believe. And so the demons were left to torture the non-believers on the earth for five months. And we talked about that. How uh, the sixth angel who had the trumpet releases the four angels. And these four angels were radically crazy. They were bound in the great river of Euphrates because they were so powerfully satanic and evil. So for four angels, they, they were just rough. They were running Havoc on mankind, man. They were scaring the weeby jeebies out of people. But we we know that Jesus Christ, uh, Paul in Ephesians, let it talks about the Holy Spirit and how it's our inheritance. And we we see how Paul talks about our inheritance until we go home. We have the Holy Spirit and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day Christ comes back. Or until we die. Father, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for Revelation uh, chapter 10. Um, we ask, Lord, that you speak through me and restore my voice, Father, so that I can bless your name 
uh, I mean, get out of your way, Father, and let you do your thing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. Welcome back to Growing in His Word. Uh, we have a radical sermon this morning. It's titled, uh, you know, No More Bottomless Pit for us. We we are new believers in Christ. We have Jesus in our hearts. We don't have to worry about this end times, uh, you know, basically radical evil days because we have Christ in our life, but Satan himself is, you know, going to be released from the bottomless pit. And this is the jail cell that he's in. And the demons that are with him, Luke chapter eight, verse 31 talks about it, but it's also a place of origin of the beast. And so furthermore, it's it'll be the place where Satan will be imprisoned during Christ's reign. Okay. And so we talked about the, the locust scorpions, the seal of God. <clears throat> and last sermon on there you can check it out my last sermon and you'll see that it was a radical sermon and it it goes on to carry on to uh chapter 10 and so chapter 10 is the mighty angel with a little book and so we see uh last week where uh there'll be people even in the end times uh when all this is going on they uh they're not going to repent some of them and it says in verse 21 of chapter 9, it says, And they did not repent of their murders, of their sor- or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. And so we can see that today. <clears throat> excuse me. We can see that today, how it's leading on so bad. It's like a cancer of sin that never stops. So the cancer starts like skin cancer. You know, I had a little skin cancer on my temple. And... It was small, and I thought to myself, well, I better go get it looked at, and it, you know, it, it would fall off and come back on, a little, little like wart sort of thing, but I went back down there, and the guy said, hey, man, it's, uh, yeah, it looks like something, so, you know, he, he biopsied it, and by the time it came back, it was cancer, and why they had to go real deep, take it all out, and that's what happens with sin. If you don't get to it and nip it in the butt right away, it becomes cancer, and so we see the cancer that's growing in the world that we live in, sin. And so now we see how uh, these, you know, cancers, the the wager of sin equals death. But we see now, we move on to chapter 10, and it talks about uh, the mighty angel with the little book. And here we are in chapter 10 where it says, "I I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven. Now remember, John is on the island of Patmos, and he's writing this, uh, you know, prophecy that the angels Jesus Christ is using to show him the end times. Now these angels you know John was on the island and he's listening and he's watching and he's metaphorically seeing things that he's writing down because of course you know this is thousands of years ago you can't just uh you know you know write down things that you've never seen in the future. So it's metaphorically he's speaking of crazy looking things, but but they do come out solid in the Bible. And so he says, he says, I still saw, listen to this, he says in verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with the cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. Now listen to this. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. Well, that's Jesus Christ because this angel is, you know, 
a lot of people think, oh, well, God can't be an angel. But th the Bible talks about Jesus being like, the like an angel. So uh, we'll get into those verses later. But his head, his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand. Now, and he set his right foot on the sea. Now, come on, who could put their right foot on the sea? And his left foot on the land. Now, verse 3 is very important, believers and non-believers. I want you to understand this because it says that, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. Now, stop right there where it says a lion roars. Okay? Here we have, if I want you to get your Bibles and turn to me with uh, Amos, Amos, A-M-O-S, chapter 1. Verse 2, and it says, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn, and the top of Carmel withers. Listen, there's the word roar right there. Now, I want you to go to a verse, Jeremiah 25, verse 30. It's radically awesome because it says, Therefore prophesy against them all these words, and they say to them, The Lord will roar from on high and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He will roar mightily against his fold. He will give a shout at those who tread the grapes, okay, against all the inhabitants of the earth. Now, I want you to go to a verse called Isaiah chapter 31, verse 4 and 5, and it says, For thus the Lord has spoken to me, as a lion roars and a young lion over his prey, and when a multitude of shepherds if some is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor be disturbed, be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion, and for its hill, like birds flying about, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending, he will also deliver it. Passing over it, he will preserve it. Listen. God is going to preserve Israel, and he's doing it now. He's preserved it, until the end of the times, like it says in Daniel. Daniel is a book, and it was written by Daniel, and, and it was a radical book, and it was, uh, you know, fulfilled and still being fulfilled to this day. And here we have, God is going to restore Israel. He's going to send the 144. He's already blessing Israel now. He's getting it ready for his coming, and he, the Hebrews will be saved a lot of Hebrews will be saved. And we see God's plan for the Jewish state of Israel and how radical it's going to be. But here, he, John is saying he sees Jesus Christ. This is Christ because in verse 3, he says, And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. And wasn't that weird because the seven thunders, you could see all over where uh, Daniel talks about um, you know, the voices, John says here, the voices in Daniel talks about a multitude. Daniel says multitude, okay? John says thunder. Um, John says, you know, that he was clothed in gold and white wool. Revelation chapter 1, Revelation 1. Daniel 6 talks about girded, how he's girded in gold with lightning and all that. So we could see the same as Daniel, and Daniel even had a dream about it. And so we see 
how this chapter is radical. It's not very hard to understand. This is the chapter where God says, boom, here I am. I'm taking back the earth. It's because Satan was the owner of the world. He is the owner of the world. He's the prince of the world. He's the ruler of the darkness. But God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for the world. And now here he is in chapter 10, and he's taking back the world. He's opening up this scroll. He's saying, I am Jesus Christ. I am the one. I am the truth. I am the light. Nobody can come except through my son, Jesus. I am the father of the son and the Holy Spirit. I am the voice. Okay? And so here we have a radical description of Jesus Christ with the little book open in his hand. And he who sets his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. And verse 4 says, now when he said, when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up these things which the seven thunder uttered. And do not write them, and do not write them. So nobody knows what he wrote. God said, that's it. Seal it up. It's my secret. I'm going to let you know in the end. I mean, this book, this little book's nowhere revealed in Revelation, but they seem to represent in this vision the written authority given to the angel to fulfill his mission. You can see how he had a little book open in his hand. Is this the little book? The same book as the scroll? No no one except Jesus could open. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 5 verse 1 through 7. If one takes the mighty angel to be Jesus, then it's, then this, is, this, this very well could be, and I believe this. But John's not using different words, so it's Jesus. This is the little book written here, and we must understand that God is in control of everything. Believers, listen, God's not out to get you, but we cannot change God's plan in our life. A lot of pastors want to tell you what the seal, when he seals up these things, they want to tell you what these things are because they have an answer for things that they know nothing about. We believers, we can't get caught up in the things of which God doesn't want us to get caught up on. He wants us to get caught up on his relationship with Jesus Christ, him, with him. We need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, not with the things of the world. And we can't play guessing when it comes to God's word because God has a plan for us. It's, it's, we cannot say what God wants to do. It's his mystery. It's, 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 he has a plan for us. It's, you know, one of the mysteries of God's was the ultimate conversion of the Hebrews. The Jewish is called the mystery. Romans chapter 11, verse 25. God's, God's purpose for the church is called a mystery. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3 through 11. But this is the bringing in, in, of the fullness of the Gentiles. It's called a mystery. Romans 11. And so the living presence of Jesus in the believer is called the mystery of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. But the gospel itself is called the mystery of Christ. Colossians verse 4, verse 3. Jesus Christ wants to have a relationship with us. He doesn't want to scare us into his arms. I get this every single time I hear certain pastors. They try to scare non-believers into Jesus' arm. We can't do that, man. 
You know, we got to let Christ allow the Holy Spirit. And that's why I was talking about Ephesians, where, where Paul uh, talked about the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that ascended into heaven with Jesus Christ. This is the same Spirit that's available today. And we, as believers, can have the Holy Spirit in our lives and let the Holy Spirit work in us so that we can be a foot and arms and a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ. Listen, verse 5 says that the angel who I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand up to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it. Okay, so there it is. The earth and the things that are in it and the sea and that the things that are in it, that are that there, that there should be no delay. Listen, be delay no longer. So, but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets. So here we see Jesus, here we see uh, the, uh, the, the Lord is not going to delay any longer. It's time now. We're coming up now. It's, 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 things are going to happen now. But I want to read on because my voice is going out. And I want to get to verse 8 where it says, Then the voice, <laughs> the voice which I heard from heaven, spoke to me again and said, Go take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and, and said to, to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. And it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. He's saying, Look, metaphorically, you're going to see things that you don't like, and you're going to see things that you do like. You're going to see things that is going to make you bitter, and some people are, bit, are bitter today. And you're going to see the, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're going to see the bitterness, um, and like it says in Psalms, but it's going to taste like honey. In Proverbs, it talks about honey. Ezekiel says he'll eat the scroll, and it's going to be honey. Bitterness is sin. And sweetness equals kingdom. Here we can see where John eats a little book, kind of like Jeremiah. If you read Jeremiah chapter 1 and 2, God uh, makes that same world, uh, same kind of thing where he says, what do I tell the Hebrews, man, when they got to repent? And he said, just eat the book, man. God says, eat it and it'll taste like honey. He's saying, read it. Read it. Verse by verse. Observe it. Interpretate it. And, ap and apply it. He's saying, eat it. Take and eat it. And it will take your stomach. and It'll be bitter, but it'll be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book, listen, out of the angel's hand and ate it. Mm. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy against, I mean, you, you must prophesy again about many people, nations, tongues, and kings. So, here we see, uh, as the word, as the words of judgment, you know, it, it, the judgment's making John's stomach bitter. But in the same way that Ezekiel's spirit had became bitter. Remember Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 14. But the events of Ezekiel occurred soon before God's judgment on Judah and Jerusalem. And they were in effect the prophet's commission. So John may have sensed a similar commission here to prophesy his message of judgment to the world. But John's prophecy about people's nation, tongues, and kings is basically, it, it's, it's, it's the remainder of the second woe. And, and 
since they're basically, we can see, listen to this, man. It's, it's a reminder of the second woe, but since there is a focus on the testimony of the two witnesses, however, the use of similar expressions, it says here, and it implies that John's commission was to prophesy, prophecy, most, most, or all the book of Revelation. It's a prophecy which speaks of all the events leading up to Christ's second coming. Okay, believers, listen. I know it gets kind of trippy here. But we see in verse 9 where it says, So I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter. Sometimes in life, we see things that make us bitter. Okay? And this is what I want to talk about. We know this chapter talks about God coming back and saying, I got the world. I got you. I died for you. If you receive me, you'll never, you'll never burn in hell. You'll never, I, look, I got you. God's saying, Daniel says it, you know. Uh, but what I want to talk about is we know this chapter uh, that God will deliver Jerusalem. And we know that uh, the uh, replacement theology is garbage. But we do know this. Daniel girded up, Daniel uh, was on fire. And he wrote about prophetic events. And this chapter, we know that God is saying, I got the world. I paid for it with my son, Jesus Christ. If you believe in him, you'll have everlasting life. But what I want to talk to you about is bitterness. Because you see, John is seeing the judgments. He's seeing the, the pain and the misery. And he's going, wow, look at what, this is what's going to happen? And people are like, he's thinking, man, it's, it, this is crazy. And this is nuts. And, 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 but bitterness is sin. Sweetness is kingdom. Will you guys write that down for me? Bitterness equals sin. Sweetness is kingdom. There's going to be a lot of stuff that happens in this life. You're going to go through it and see it. You're going to see bad things. You're going to go through bad things. You're going to go through trials. John, um, James chapter 1 says, Be happy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the trials produce patience. But let patience have its prophetic work. We believers must stand firm in the ground in, the, in Jesus Christ. We got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We got to have the Holy Spirit with us like Ephesians talks about. Paul said that he gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus left us his Holy Spirit as a uh, mentor. We don't need mentors in life. We don't need men or women to mentor us. We have the precious Holy Spirit to fight for us and defend us and comfort us, love us, and send us mercy. Because He loves us. Believers, listen to me. We don't got to fight about anything or quarrel. We just got to rest in the Holy Spirit. And when we sin, repent. I'm, I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. I get upset, man, especially on the road. Yeah, the guy cut me off. Okay, I got, oh, oh. whoops, it slipped. <laughs> I got to pray for myself. Lord, help me. We're, listen, no one's perfect. It's when we understand we don't let the bitterness get to us. And we put on Christ. But God says here he's going to delay no longer. But in the days and the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished. As he declared to his servants, the prophets, the mystery. What is the mystery? I read them to you. 
the ultimate conversion of the Jews. It's called a mystery. Romans eleven twenty five. God's purpose uh, for the church is called a mystery. Ephesians three, and the bringing of the fullness of the Gentiles called a mystery. Romans eleven twenty five. Listen, the living presence of Jesus is a believer. It's called the mystery of God. Are you a believer? The gospel itself, it's called the mystery of God. And he's eating it and it's sweet, but he's bitter because his stomach's getting bitter because he sees what God's going to do to the earth. Listen, don't be bitter. Basically, cancer happens when we get absolutely emotionally stressed out and, and, and anger and hate and resentment, it plays a crucial role in the development of cancer. It does. They've studied it. Increased stress hormones caused by emotional triggers suppresses the immune system, which can lead to cancer. It can lead to it. Negative feelings. And so these physical illnesses over time, they, they cause cancer. Go look it up at the CDC, man. It's there. <laughs> it says that when negative feelings are not expressed, they can contribute to physical illness over time. I've seen it, man. I used to tell this guy, hey, Jesus loves you, man. He, he grind his teeth, man. But extreme suppression of anger does it. John's saying, stop it. God's saying, stop it. Don't be bitter. Don't let your stomach be bitter. Get right. Love covers a multitude of sins. It was, we see in verse 10, then I took the little book, Revelation chapter 9. I'm sorry, Revelation chapter, uh, yep, 9. Okay, verse 9, verse 10. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hands and ate it. Like, the, you know, and it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. Don't listen, listen, you guys. Don't listen to the word and then eat it and then get bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Because he's given them stuff so that he can carry on the message. But at the same time, we don't have to be bitter. Okay? This is, he's talking here of, this, of the second woe. But what I'm telling you as a pastor is Jesus Christ is coming back. We can't let Satan attack us. We can't let the devil tell us that replacement theory or replacement theology is the way to go because it's not. It's satanic. We cannot attack people. We got to love others, let them think what they want, and don't let people. Listen, the church is not God. Believers, I want you to understand this, okay? We have the Holy Spirit, we don't need man. We, we should fellowship with men and women, but we don't have to worship a man, a pastor or a priest or anyone riding bicycles or anything. Listen, we need to focus on the love of Christ, the mercy, the mercy of Jesus, the love, ahava in Hebrew, the love. We need to get ready and be right with Christ. We need a relationship, not a bitterness life. It's like, it, it, it's nasty. You ever go to the church? You see, it's on their face. Yeah, get away from me. It's like, whoa, man. Pastor says something to them and they get upset. They take it to heart. Instead of saying, taking it to God, they take it to heart and they take the heart and they crush it in their hands and they get angry and bitter and upset. 
Because man wants to fix things that God can only fix. Believers, listen to me. I've tried it. I've tried to go church to church and talk to pastors and say, Hey man, what are you talking about? That sucks or this is bad. All you could do is pray and let the Holy Spirit minister to their hearts and not be bitter. Bitterness is bad, but Jesus is good. Jesus didn't, uh, we didn't wake up one morning and say, yeah, I want to have a relationship with Christ. Now I'm bitter. (laughs) No, God said, no, that's not what I'm about. He's saying, take your drama and give it to your mama or save it for your mama. You've heard that statement. Take your drama and bury it somewhere. Don't bring it up anymore. Listen, believers, time is short. Jesus is coming back. Revelation is a, a fact, you know. And when you know when we when we hear a message that pastors speak or don't t- or says anything. Listen, on this podcast, we we don't we talk about verse by verse. I am a minister, but I I I don't charge. You know, I I'm I'm free. Okay. I'm not saying nothing about pastors, but when we hear a message by a pastor, we don't need to get upset and run church to church, hop church to church. Stay there and let God minister to you. Let him fix you. The pastor's not there to condemn you. He loves you. It's not easy. But we need to give all of our negative thoughts and all of our energy that's negative to Jesus and leave it there and be happy. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your love. Lord, your mercy. Lord, there's so much in Revelation chapter 9, and we'll cover the rest of it next week, Father. But we thank you that we don't have to be bitter. We thank you that you died for us, Father, and that you rose again. And so we love you, Jesus, and we honor you. Father, now I come before you, and I thank you, and I want to say, Lord, um, change, Father, the broken. Heal the brokenhearted, Father. Um, be with the non-believers. Help them understand that we can have a relationship with you, Father. We love you so much, Father. And Lord, and I pray for uh, California. Lord, you put it on my heart, especially uh, El Monte, Father. Lord, I pray that you bless El Monte. Lord, let the uprising of your Holy Spirit just dwindle through El Monte. Father, bless Elmani. Raise up a man in Elmani that will be on fire for you, Father, and that will come through for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys, and thank you for listening to this program. And next week we're going to be in chapter 11, the two witnesses. God bless you guys, and may the Lord bless you. Hey, listen, believers all over the world, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast, man. And, And listen, we preach verse by verse. Remember, go to my website, growingthisword.com, and there you will have uh, the uh, study material you can download and have Bible studies and have fun with it. God bless you guys, man. Until next week, God bless you guys.